This is DevOps and Agile Way Podcast. Hello, everyone. I forgot last time to mention that it was the 10th episode, so kind of anniversary for us. Congrats. Thank you very much. (laughs) Just to remind everyone, we have Helen with us today, and we talk about human aspects in DevOps world, in DevOps at all. And also we will talk about value stream and value stream mappings and value stream management. Because those two are two different things, right? Even if they started with M. Last time we discussed a lot of things related to how to deal with DevOps from the human side. And DevOps Institute is doing a lot in order to, to make this easier for people to comprehend, right? So we have uh, a lot of trainings provided by DevOps Institute. We have a lot of uh, different events, starting with skill up hours through skill up days and festivals. Could you give us some lights how how this part started and how, or maybe differently, and maybe some secrets? How do you think how it will uh, go in the future? So yeah. what will be the impact? So, I mean, we started with the DevOps Foundation course um, many years ago. And as you've said, we've got lots and lots of different certifications now. So we most recently, last week, uh, announced or launched our AIOps Foundation course, uh, written by one of our fellow ambassadors, Leonardo Murillo, out of Costa Rica. So it must um, be good. Because... <laughs> it's, yeah, it's fantastic. It's probably my favorite country in the world, but yes. Um, last time I was there, I was lucky enough to meet up with Leo, actually, so that was marvellous. Um, so, yeah, we've got all these different courses. We've got the DevSecOps Foundation and Practitioner courses as well, the SRE Foundation Practitioner courses, and, and they're all about upskilling. So that conversation we were having about helping all of the people in the organisation learn new ways of thinking, new ways of working, this is what the courses are for. And some people are like quite cynical about certifications in our industry, but I personally like them and all the organisations I've ever worked with really like them because it's a great feeling of achievement when you get a certification and you can put it on your CV and forward thinking organisations realise they need to invest in their people and helping their people get certifications is not building their their CV so that someone else can hire them, which is something I've heard before. Um, (laughs) But if you think of like, what we're trying to do really is help the industry instill the culture of continuous learning in Mm. individuals and in organizations. So part of that is about creating learning paths. So as you've said, we produce a lot of material and we do that quite consciously because we're trying to create um, learning certification paths, but we're also trying to create like step levels where we start with people becoming aware of what DevOps is and they become more and more interested and we can help them delve deeper and deeper and find the directions that are going to be most interesting for them and collect different learning um, paths as they as they engage with the topic so the the awareness level that's really kind of like our social and and stuff like that and then the next level is really things like our blog content and particularly our research reports so as well as the upskilling report which is just recently released Mm -hmm. I think a month or two ago which is um, in its fifth year and it's really about what people are hiring for and where people have skill mm. gaps. So it's a really good way or place for people to look at if they're thinking about where to where they might want to educate themselves next. Um, and then we also do the state of SRE report as well. So we've got quite a lot of research and you'll be seeing a lot more coming out um, soon with our new um, our new family within PeopleSet. 
Um, and then we kind of keep going down. So we've got things like the Skill Up IT Learning Membership. So there's lots of um, lots of, of additional learning. I probably skipped a step actually, which is what you were talking about, which is the events schedule. Mm-hmm. So the Skill Up Hours, which are our, um, our webinars, Skill Up Days, which are our virtual conferences. And then um, we have just coming into play now, we have a new set of webinars called skill up sessions so we're going to be jumping from uh, two a month to four a month on devops and then we're actually going to be adding mm-hmm. uh, itsm and project management into the mix as well so we'll end up with about 12 webinars a month and skill up sessions we're partnered with tech strong group and this is again part of our our new family so um for listeners that um didn't know this bit of news we were acquired by people about three or four months ago people also own Axelos and ITIL4 and also own Prince2. So um, this has been a really interesting thing to wrap our heads around. The ITSM piece is really easy. As our founder at DevOps Institute, Jane Grohl, used to say, DevOps is the harmonious polygamous marriage between ITSM, Lean and Agile. So ITSM has always been very naturally part of what we do at the Institute, much more so than than I'd say as the industry as a whole. Um, Pavel, you'll probably agree with me on this. I've heard people, my customers, said to me before, DevOps is about dev, really, isn't it? And I'm like, which part of the ops (laughs) word can you not see there? Exactly. And we have so many something ops, and there is always ops, right? So (laughs) So clearly not all about dev people. Yes, exactly. And that is really the proof that uh, ITIL and DevOps can work together because nothing exploded yet. And so that's the proof. And with people said there is a new power, right? So new um, areas to explore. And that's really great. And looking forward as ambassador, what future will bring. Now, with this all aspect of upskilling people, we also need to somehow teach companies that people need to have time for this learning, right? And I think it's quite tough. I don't know what is your experience, but uh, it's quite hard, especially in the companies where firefighting is normal mode to to give people like a couple of hours or even one day in the week to upskill. Is there any any way to... It's really hard. And actually, Jane used to really make me laugh because um, in her previous company... When she was CIO, she used to spend all this money on learning platforms and then expect her people to do it in the evenings or weekends. So basically Mm -hmm. when they weren't at work. And she obviously had some kind of epiphany moment where she realised that learning is part of work. But it's really hard because everyone is really busy. So as a consultant, um, I would be retired now if I had a pound for every time somebody had said, we can't find the time to save time. We're changing the wheels while we're driving. We're changing the wings while we're flying. All variations on that. We're sprinting just to stay still. And I think there's two parts of this. I think there's pressure from the business, which is still separated. And I did do quotation marks then when I said the business, because I hate the Mm -hmm. fact that we try and separate that because we're all part of the same organization. Um, And the business is pushing so much change on the technology teams and doesn't, they don't really understand the capacity. And then the other pressure the the technology teams on is they have, are under, is that they have technical debt and technical debt usually manifests itself when it breaks and it produces unplanned work. So we get a problem or incident that we need to fix and it stops us doing the thing, which is probably the change that the business asked for that we were trying to do. And this leaves us in a place where 
we don't have any time for continuous improvement. We don't have any time to adopt the things that are going to get us out of this this space. It's horrible. And actually, this is where value stream management really steps in. So in the state of DevOps report from Puppet in 2021, um, Patrick Dubois talks about the friction and, and DevOps being all about the friction between silos. And they've also got this incredible graph where they show how year after year after year, most organizations are getting stuck in what we call the mid-tier of capabilities, and they're struggling to get into the higher level of capabilities. And I think this is because of that scenario I just described, that they're in this kind of like vortex of too much change, too much technical debt, not getting that time to do exactly what you said, invest in learning, invest in paying down technical debt, because they don't understand the work that they're doing. They have no capability to measure or see the work that's going through the system so they can't understand what capacity they've got they can't see where the waste is they can't um can't intelligently gather intelligence on where to make those changes um do you have a different opinion on why devops is sort of stuck in some places no, no, i definitely agree with you and uh, you know i see this from so many angles right so trying to lead some teams trying to do what leader says and so yeah that's uh, that is that is the one constant in this changing world right the real struggle with the number of things kind of black hole between different part of the companies where there is no honest discussion hey this is possible this is not possible why you need this we cannot do it right now when you will need it so just you know it need to be it cannot be like a udp protocol right where this business as you said in quotes just send the request we need this feature that feature and we just take it and no one knows if it is done or not. This should be like a TCP protocol, right? Where where we can have this acknowledgement and discussion, right? I, I, I like this, what you said so here. And, you know, before we go to uh, value stream, I had right now when you talked about this uh, alignment in the whole company, I was thinking about DevOps leader training. It is kind of special, maybe because I've done it, but it is kind of special because it shows DevOps from a little bit different perspective or maybe even really different perspective, right? And the materials which are attached even to uh, to the certification preparation are really great. And for me, some of them were quite eyes-opening, even, even if I am in this industry for a couple of years already. I really encourage everyone who wants to understand a little bit better and become a leader to to go through it because this is a really good piece of, of it, materials to go. It's my favorite course and I contributed quite a lot to the direction of it because what I wanted to create or what I wanted to have actually more as a as a person delivering the course was a toolkit. I wanted loads of loads of practical things that I could use as a change mm-hmm. agent in an organization, you know, like the stakeholder mapping and the storytelling that I talked about earlier. And there's, you know, the, there's so much in there. It's, it's been a while since I've done it, but there's a, a richness of resources. And it's it's quite different from the other courses, I think, in that yes. um, that aspect, that it is like a, it's like a toolkit. And it is really uh, focused on the soft soft skill side, yeah. uh, human side, let's say, right? So so this is this is re- really, really, really good one. So I'm really happy to, to, to go. I was really happy to go through it and, and, and do this training. 
Okay, so it's time for value stream, I think. So as uh, as usual in my training, my trainings and my talks, I'm I'm talking about security at at the end, uh, and I'm laughing that I do it very consciously <laughs> to leave everyone with the security aspect. Now we do the same with value stream because uh, you know value stream is something what we have around us for for many years. It's nothing new. But many companies are try to adopt it right now or even are surprised that something like this exists. They try to do maybe sometimes something like like with Scrum. We have Scrum Bot, right, with uh, our own version. So they try to, to invent uh, their own value stream approach. But it is there. It is ready to be used. It's not new. You're absolutely right. I mean, we can trace the history of value stream mapping back to Venice in the 1400s. The Venetian arsenal was doing materials and information flow mapping at that stage. And then more famously, we're picking it up again in Ford in the early 1900s, mm. and then very famously um, at TPS, the Toyota production system work done in Japan in the 1950s. And that's where it really started to gain a lot of traction in the manufacturing industry in particular. And it's not new, but it is experiencing quite a renaissance. And there's a couple of reasons for that. One is that First of all, it was in manufacturing to begin with, and it took a little while to come out of manufacturing and go into kind of the lean enterprise world. Um, you know, the, the book Value Stream Mapping by Karen Martin is mm-hmm. 15, 10, 15 years old, and that really took um, Value Stream Mapping out of manufacturing into the, the general workspace. Um, but we mm-hmm. are in the digital world, and a lot of us in this podcast, listening to this podcast, probably DevOpsy. So, very much in that DevOps Hopefully. digital world. And it's even newer to us. And we, we've we been, the big light bulb moment happens when we realise how invisible software is and how invisible our work is. And what value stream mapping and its associated practices in value stream management do is help make the manufacturing pipeline of software visible and help make our work visible. And having those two things together is, is actually really powerful. And the other thing that's causing the, the renaissance is that digital pipeline. So our DevOps tool chain or our CI/CD pipeline, you know, we spent what, 14 years now in DevOps learning to build these things. And they're quite mature in a lot of organizations. Don't worry if they're not in yours because there's still only some of the research I'm doing is showing about 30, 35% adoption across the market. So whilst we've got some Mm -hmm. really good showcases, there are still plenty of people on their journey. But what that digital tool chain effectively represents is our value stream. So we now have data so value stream mapping is an incredibly powerful in-person or at least kind of um, physical exercise that humans do together. We collaborate, we visually collaborate on what the work looks like. Um, and I've been doing it with my clients for eight years, probably, maybe a little bit more. And it's it's mind-blowing, like, what happens in the room and the realisations that happen and the intuitive accuracy of humans on how long things take. You know, you can you can spend two days building a current value stream map with people step by step by step, but at the end of it, you add everything together and it's 18 months. And, it, and they're like, it was 18 months. And it's kind of, they're kind of, like, surprised that they that it's figured out that way. But now we understand what all of the elements are. We understand where the delays are and we understand how to improve them. So it's incredibly uh, powerful from the human perspective. It generates huge amounts of empathy, sharing, collaboration, you know, very, very powerful for bonding, building trust and all of those things. 
but there's a really harsh downside to it that it's it's really intensive so you go through this process of creating these maps the current state map as i say can take two days creating a future state map can take two days of 10 or 12 people you know usually really very pivotal people in an organization quite highly paid um but it's useless if we don't go back and look at it later in the future to check that they did all the things that they said they do and what the impact was. And that's where it really falls down, people's ability to go back and check it. But this has all changed because we built DevOps tool chains. So now we can still mm-hmm. do the mapping and we can still have all of those human benefits from it. But now we've got all the data so we can actually continually inspect and adapt according to real-time data that is being emitted from our DevOps tool chain. And that, put, that, that is, changes the game. So when we're talking about why DevOps is getting stuck and people are under pressure because there's too much change and there's too much unplanned work, we start to be able to see all of the impact of that. So we start to be able to have conversations that say, actually, we, we can't do that work yet, or actually, we've got a recurring problem with this dependency, so we must prioritise fixing that. Oh, and at the end of it, we've now seen that our flow time or our lead or cycle time has improved by 10% with that one intervention. So it creates the environment for having those conversations and finally being able to have data-driven insights um, that allow us to measure our journey and have evidence-based conversations with the people that have to approve how much time we spend on things or not. Great insight. And uh, you mentioned a very important thing. This is continuous effort, right? It's not one-time exercise. Maybe for the first time, it's a bigger thing because uh, it's not only to understand every single step, but understand the process itself. It's very, very important to start. And if this is one-time effort, it's useless, right? You mentioned that very often that the people who are in the room are quite expensive from the company perspective, right? But, uh, you know, like nature doesn't like the emptiness, right? You you need to... Nature abhors a vacuum, yes. Uh, exactly. So, yeah. or you will, let's say, waste the money to this exercise, and then you will see the value in the in that because with reducing the gaps reducing the wasters improving the process simply speaking the company will earn more money right so so all you can spend this money here or there really right <laughs> just just like devops the ultimate yeah. goal of value stream management is to improve organization performance it does it by improving customer experience by improving the flow of the work the changes and the value to the customer mm-hmm. and it does it by Um, We talk about efficiency and effectiveness. So efficiency is the flow, effectiveness is the value realization. So not only do we get to go faster, we also get a much better understanding about what that customer experience looks like and whether whether they're getting the things that they want. So it's really focused on those two things with the ultimate goal of making the organization really healthy so all the people Mm. within it can feel that they have a stable environment, they don't have to worry about the uncertainty around their job, and they can just really commit to the company purpose and and doing things that align with their purpose and doing really, really funky things that help yep. every human have a better life every day. Yeah, that's, that's true. And, you know, I was uh, thinking about value stream map and DevOps work. They are, the two things are very, very much connected. They are like a there is a huge synergy between them because if we look on the CI/CD pipeline, we mentioned that already. This is sometimes a very huge part of the value stream, right? especially if we talk about different environments, uh, tests between the st- uh, stages, etc., etc., etc. We can feel like 
half of them up already with CICD. Uh, having this understanding is really, I would even try to f- say that critical for the organization. There, there's basically kind of three parts to the DevOps tool chain or the value stream that a CICD pipeline forgets. And we, we know about this if we look at the Dora definition of lead time. And they, if you mm-hmm. read Accelerate, they're very conscious that they missed a whole chunk out. Um, but the, in Dora, lead time is from code commit to production. But there's a whole thing called the fuzzy front end, which is all of the stuff that happens with the idea before it becomes something in the backlog, before we start coding, before we commit. So a value stream is very concerned with all of that first part. And then the CICD pipeline also tends to suffer from what I call focusing on the wedding and not the marriage. So it focuses on the point of release rather than the point of operation and gathering feedback on how it's functioning. So in SRE, things like the wisdom of production, all of that customer experience work, so all the, the service desk stuff, um, which we're very concerned about in, in value stream management again. And then finally, mm-hmm. is really more about that customer experience and so all of the observability and the AI ops intelligence that we're getting because it's a loop. We, we still draw our CICD pipelines and our value streams in such a linear manner, but it's a loop. We should be getting that feedback and that should be driving our next piece of work, our next set of decisions about what we're going to develop for our customer next. Yes, and the feedback is a very, very crucial part of the DevOps approach, right, and mindset. And as, as the quick way, as possible. Exactly, exactly, right. So we mentioned comms, but there is a free ways as well, so which we should also have in mind. So my question will be a little bit tricky, maybe. It's quite crucial when you start with value stream and uh, the value stream management, because uh, if we do this value stream mapping like constantly, etc., we're coming back to this, we, we improve the process, we understand what we need to improve, etc., etc., we, we go to this management part, right? More or less. So how to start, how to convince the organization from your experience? Yeah, so we have to establish that there's something wrong, don't we? We have to understand what those problems are. So um, funnily enough, we're, we're working at the Valley Stream Management Consortium. Um, within our membership, we have things called huddles. And we've got a consulting huddle, mm-hmm. um, which is what it says on the tin. It's a lot of our members that are consultants, and we get together quite regularly, and we produce materials. So at the moment, we're working on a workshop series, which we're calling the VSM Implementation Roadmap Workshop Series. So if you go to the VSM Consortium site, um, hanging off, well, I think it's the resources menu, you'll find the VSM implementation roadmap, which is also explained in our state of VSM reports. And um, basically, we're creating workshops with practitioners for each step. And yesterday, we were working on the vision one. And this is like looking at all these problem statements. So it's like we can't deliver fast enough. We're not sure we're delivering the right things. We haven't got enough time for innovation. So there's a, a you know, it's a range of problem statements that organizations will have. And that's where that's where change starts from, right? It's a realization mm-hmm. that that things are a little bit broken. Um or we or you know, some people don't like those words. So we could be doing things better. Um, perhaps people are being disrupted perhaps they want to disrupt so there has to be some kind of survival instinct at the organizational level going on so then we get into a big discussion and you keep on asking me very big questions so I try and keep this as short as possible um, (laughs) about top down bottom up and then we have discussions about the role of leaders which we've touched on already today Mm -hmm. and we could probably talk for another 38 hours about the role of leadership in change 
Um, but we you know the CXO role and then how to connect uh, product management and software engineering. So there's all these conversations. But any change program, I'll keep coming back to this, is about those tens, hundreds, thousands, tens of thousands of people in an organization unlearning and learning a new way of working, new way of thinking. Mm-hmm. VSM is another new way of working. It builds naturally on what we've learned in Agile. We naturally then built on with DevOps. Well, it's combining lean in there again, but it is a quite a refreshing take of a way to look at an organization um, that is not silos. We suddenly understand how work, where work starts and how a customer looks at that work and how to get that to the customer. So it's very customer centric. Um, you know, and the, the logic goes, if your customers are happy, they'll keep buying, they'll buy more, they'll recommend you to other people. And that's, you know, as long as you've got your business, your financial cost models right, that should mean that you've got a healthy business. If you don't have customers, mm-hmm. you're not a business. That's true. And we didn't say this out loud. Um, it was clear somehow, but we didn't say this out loud about the value stream mapping itself. It's not only about the identifying the waste, identifying the gaps, identifying the bottlenecks, but also it allows us to very consciously select the bottleneck, which we will fix, right? Because this is very important because uh, fixing the wrong bottleneck is not very smart way to improve. Create that vacuum or or kind of like a backlog of of stuff against it, yeah. Exactly, exactly. So you mentioned this VSM consortium, right? So this is uh, like an organization where people can just go and look what VSM really is, how yeah. to start with it. And Not for profit, to... profit trade association funded by member fees. Our purpose is to bring together this community of people that are interested in, um, in value stream management, what it is. We produce a lot of learning materials that members have access to. Uh, we have an event coming up in October called Flotopia, and um, we've just confirmed that Netflix are going to be coming along and talking about their uh, value stream management implementation, which is super exciting. And you heard it here first. I haven't actually told our team <laughs> that news yet, so mm-hmm. that's super exciting. Um, <laughs> that's so yeah, maybe there will be a series in Netflix about the VSM. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like yeah, um, uh, yeah. I'm going crazy now. Um, <laughs> so thank you for sharing this news. And the last question, I would like to ask you to recommend. Uh, I know this may be hard, but I would like you to recommend to our audience the book you you were co-author, uh, Investment Unlimited. So we started to treat it, treat it as a part of this big library of DevOps, right? Starting with well-known books, right? So in a couple of words, what it is about? It's about governance. And governance is a word that can strike fear and boredom into people, but it's incredibly important <laughs> to get it right. And DevOps has given us the patterns as part of DevSecOps as well, actually, that makes it a lot sexier and a lot easier <laughs> to to automate governance using things like policies code and, and various other capabilities to, to get close to our auditors and be really confident um, that our software is compliant with the things that it needs to be compliant. And we're not putting our customers or our employees at risk in anything that we do. So it's like the Phoenix Project. It's it's written like a novel. So it's a, it's a lovely read. Um, it's got lots of tools. It's a bit of a toolkit again. Mm-hmm. And it just brings what can be quite um, a, a, a conversation that can put people to, people to sleep. It brings it to life 
um, and gives lots of great insights on how to to do it better. If any of you uh, who are listening to this podcast read already Phoenix Project, you should read also Investment Unlimited. Thank you very much, Helen, for being with us here. It was uh, really great to have you and talk with you. Yeah, thank you again. Thank you so much for having me along. Yep, thank you very much. And to all our audience, thank you for listening to this podcast and see you in the next one. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of DevOps and Agile Way podcast with your host, Pavel Pivosh. Subscribe, comment, and do not forget to check our next episodes. Stay tuned. Stay safe. Stay curious. Stay curious.